Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Welcome into the Osmo MMA Strategy Shows. We're here to get you ready for Saturday's UFC 272 headline by former friends, now bitter rivals, Colby Covington and Jorge Massal. Let's just say they're not the only rivals on this card that don't like each other. We'll get into Maria Rose and, and Maria Agapova later on in the show. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Talk about Prize Picks later on the show as I was on Prize Picks a little earlier today, and there were definitely some props that I saw on Prize Picks that definitely stuck out to me. Of course, if you got any questions or comments on the fights, leave those in the chat. We will discuss all these here over the next hour. Of course, as always, I'm joined by the fighter. Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, uh, this is my so well, I'll, I'll sum up this slate this week. Uh, this is a great to be 120 maxing, 150 maxing, because there's a lot of fights on here that man, I can see him going both ways. For sure, for sure. What's up, everybody? We have an excellent card from a, a viewing aspect, right? Um, from a betting and DFS perspective, I feel like it's a very difficult card to nail. Um, I feel like there are some volatile matchups that we will discuss. You have some intriguing, you know fighters on the car that have some tremendous upside and uh, some sneaky spots that we'll have to, to target and get into. But I agree with you. I think this is a 150 max all day long. And uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be relying on, you know, my tools over at Osmo.com using a fantasy cruncher tool and in combination with the ownership top fighters tool, all that good stuff will definitely help my lineups a lot more this week because uh, I feel like it's going to be a, a very difficult week. No, no question. It's definitely going to be a very difficult week. I will tell you, uh, in my, my, I've got a cash core. I, I have my two fires in the cash core this week. And, and I'll tell you that it, one of them is going to be Jorge Mastodal. Now, my cash game theory process is much different than my GPP game theory process. I'm taking very much of an approach like I took last week in cash of I'm just going to lock in Bobby Green and then I'm going to fill five other guys that I feel very confident in. And if I hit those five, I'm going to cash. And that's exactly what happened last week. So that's kind of my game theory in that. And of course, I mean, look, co-main event is going to be hard. It's going to be hard to avoid that fight because of the price. And of course, RDA's price is already set. We're just going to take on Raphael Faziv. Now he takes on Hinato Mancano, 7,300 on DK, 7,200 uh, for Mancano. Of course, we don't have FanDuel prices. So uh, the FanDuel game theory is going to be much different this week because of obviously you're going to get a more accurate price there on RDA. But Pete, let's get right into this main event. Colby Covington and Jorge Mavzadal, 9,400 for Colby Covington, 6,800 for Jorge Mavzadal. Of course, uh, we do not have pricing over on FanDuel as we do this show and look i mean this is the thing and and i know you had a tweet uh about maybe thinking that maybe the mma uh culture mma community is is down jorge masvidal and i think we're probably gonna have a good conversation here on the term of this fight look we both know who the best fighter is in this fight and it's colby covington if if there was a world where kamar usman did not exist colby covington is the ufc welterweight champion why, why are you laughing over there I'm just letting you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, Seriously, you do not think Colby Covington is the second best welterweight in the world. I mean, that's because oh, we have Pete. some people oh, that are geez. so that, that are that are coming up. I mean, Hamza Shamayev is going to be uh, at the top of that list, like very, very shortly. But from what we've seen, I'm telling you right now, like I get it. Colby Covington is everybody's, you know, DFS darling. He goes out there and he just is a fantasy points god like he gets takedowns uh his pace he weaponizes his cardio which is something you'll hear a lot of you know ufc commentators and, and analysts break down all week leading up to the fight saying that he weaponizes his cardio and weaponizes his pace and that could be the difference maker and he can break a ton of opponents and 
going up against a guy in Jorge Masvidal who historically has struggled in the takedown defense department. I totally get it. But, um, you know, a lot of their early experience with, with each other is when Masvidal was fighting at 155 pounds. Um, they haven't trained with each other in X amount of years, two or three years, I believe. And um, since then, Masvidal has had some some of his best success at 170 pounds. Now, I understand why Kobe's the favorite, and I think rightfully so. He's the better and more well-rounded fighter in this in this fight, for sure. Uh, I think the, the meaner fighter of the two is definitely Jorge Masvidal. And uh, depending on how the fight goes, if he's able to defend some takedowns and and just really butcher Kobe Covington in some aspects, like he's going to be looking to to really punish him at any given moment. So I agree with the fact that, you know, Kobe Covington has a nice salary of 9,400, given his upside. I just think like three to one and, and possibly approaching four to one is just a little bit rich. Like, I mean, everybody's just thinking that Kobe Covington goes out there and it's automatic. They still have to fight. And uh, I think that Masvidal is just kind of getting glossed over slightly. I feel like he's just slightly underappreciated. And, uh, you know, if this if he's able to keep this on the feet and all the training partners that, you know, helped him prepare for this, Bo Nickel, uh, Mataj Gamrot, um, you know, even Danny Sabatello, who's a lighter guy, but they can all, you know, mimic the, the pace and pressure of Kobe Covington at American Top Team. I think this is a different fight if it stays standing. So, uh I don't know. I'm just saying that that the the odds are a little too wide. I do agree that Covington's the A side for sure, but uh, I'll be I'll be getting a little bit more of Masvidal than probably the field. I'm still kind of going back. Do you not think Kobe Covington's the second best welterweight in the world right now? No, I don't. Who would you consider number two? I I mean I, I think Hamza Shemaev. I'm telling you right now. I'm, Bro, I'm, he has, he doesn't have the resume right now. He doesn't. Have, oh, okay, he may, that's true. Okay, he that's may true. he may have the talent. Like Kayla Harrison mm. may have the talent to say that she's the best female fire in the world. But who have you beaten to prove you're that? Like, okay. if you look at the top ten in in the UFC welterweight rankings, how many of them would you pick to beat Colby Covington? And and, and I said this on my show this week. Mm. And, and I know there's a comment about oh, Colby talks too much. People when they think of Colby Covington, they think about Colby Covington the character. They don't think about Colby Covington, the martial artist. He's and a this guy's an elite fighter. But, mm. but I mean, look, if Jorge Masvidal is going to pull this off, to me, it's him knocking out Colby Covington sure. within the first 10 minutes. If you tell me this fight gets to the third round, it is Colby Covington all day. I'll say this right now. I think if you're looking to bet this fight, this is a live betting scenario all the way where potentially Jorge Masvidal gets off to a decent start. He stops takedowns. You know, the thing is, is he may stop three or four takedowns in the first and second round. But the problem is, those chain takedowns are going to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. I worry about the cardio of Jorge Masvidal as this fight goes on. And like I said, the reason I like Jorge Masvidal in cash is just because he's going to allow me to get to get to so many fires that I want to get to because I do think that this fight's going to get to the third round. I don't know if this is a fight in terms of GPPs that you have to prioritize because at Colby Covington's price, how that's going to affect the rest of your roster. Now, look, and there was another comment said that, you know, maybe the emotions get the best of Colby Covington. You just, if you're a Colby Covington backer, your hope has just got to be, he doesn't go in there with the mindset of, I want to show the whole world that I can go toe-to-toe with Jorge Massal, that he goes in there with a smart game plan and says, you know what, I'm going to show I'm the better martial artist. Yeah, I mean, if if Colby decides to stand up longer than expected or longer than he really should, I think this is where we could see, you know, the body shots accumulating. Uh, Jorge really digs to the body better than I mean, most MMA strikers out there. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Masvidal can defend some takedowns. Um, and traditionally, he's defended some. I, I think that America top team and Jorge have been pretty smart with when they were going to accept this bout against uh, Colby Covington. And I feel like he might perform a little bit better in the takedown defense department than some people are giving him credit. But I, I do still side with with Colby Covington as far as DFS. Like, I mean, um, it's amazing. And I'll be rooting like crazy for Jorge Masvidal just because I don't like Colby Covington. I totally respect his skill. He is absolutely tremendous. Um, he can, he's, he's pretty hittable on the feet. Um, and, and he kind of like zombies through a lot of striking exchanges, which I think could lead to getting hit by a big combination or shot. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I think this is a close fight, but I do, do think that Colby Covington probably edges them throughout, but I'll, I'll be rooting for Masvidal. I would tell you a prop bet. 
Colby Covington wins via stoppage round five. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I'm telling. I, I'm. I totally think that there's value on just like Propet and Masvidal because if he wins, that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, but I, I'll, I'll just tell you this. I mean, look, I, I'm still amazed. Ha, are we buying you a Hamza Shemaev fight kit? I mean, Hamza Shemaev clearly... is going to be the Hamza Shemaev is going to to beat Kamara Usman, and Hamza Shemaev might be the next biggest thing. And I've been saying it for a long time. I'm telling you right now, he is the next big guy, the next big superstar. It's like, you know, we saw Tyron Woodley be a dominant champion for a very long time. And then Kamar Usman came along. Hamza Shamayev is the next guy. He's got to beat somebody in the top 10. Bro, if anybody accept the fight, watch what he does to Gilbert Burns in a couple weeks. Or Gilbert Burns, let's, you know, show there's a little level when he gets to this top level. I mean, look, I think, I think Hamza Shamayev is a great fighter. I'm with you. The ceiling is there. I got to see him do it against someone in the top 10. Okay, we will. Remember, two UFC wins. John Phillips, we both know, can't stop a takedown. And Reese McKee. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to first choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. I'm telling okay. I, I could go on for that. 25 you cannot minutes. Defend this that. is my guy. I'm telling you right now. Oh, man. Oh, I can't wait till that next pay review. Oh, God. Good Lord. They must have just priced Hamza Shmaya of like 10000 You'll still roster him. He's probably underpriced. <laughs> Of course, this is the awesome MMA strategy show. Get you ready for UFC 272. If you like the little banter me and Peter have, be sure to hit Absolutely. that thumbs up button. Hit that subscribe button because, of course, after us is the NHL strategy show. Of course, if you're not a member of Awesome Plus, you want to get a little peek behind what's behind the paywall. Today's free premium data and tools or NBA player projections and NHL player projections. Also, we have our podcast giveaway. Go over to that awesome MMA podcast channel. Leave us a five-star rating and review with your Twitter handle or your awesome username. You enter to win a free month of awesome plus platinum. So be sure to check out that. By the way, uh, if you are an awesome plus member, uh, the projections have been updated for DraftKings over on the site. So be sure to check out those. Of course, uh, I already did a dummy crunch. And uh, yeah, let's just say it was giving me a lot of Rafael Dos Anjos, who is 7,300, taking on Nanto Mincano, 7,200. Big thing with this one, this is a five-round fight. Initially, Dos Anjos versus Fazeev, which was going to headline a fight night card two week, two or three weeks ago. That was a five-round matchup. Hinato Mikano steps up. Uh, Islam Machev, it sounded like they, they thought they had a done deal, and ultimately the deal did not come to play. So, uh, unfortunately for Islam Machev, he now has to take another fight before title matchup as Dana White came out and said that one. But, like, look, this is in terms of GPPs and particularly in cash. It's This is going to be a hard fight to avoid. I will say this. I think if you want to get different, like, say if you're going to go in a single bullet into one of these big GPPs and you truly want to try to separate yourself from the field, not having one of these guys in your lineup, I think is going to help you separate yourself from the field. I, I think the ownership is going to be crazy, especially on the RD, RDA side of this one. But uh, Pete, uh, I, I know before the show, you were, you were, uh, I mean, I, I feel like Hamza Shemaev's in the co-main event, the way you're take, talking about RDA. <laughs> uh, all I have to say is that this is going to be a very tough fight to avoid. And I'm just going to basically um, relay exactly what you just said. And if you want to get different, you could avoid this fight, but I don't recommend doing so. I I just feel like this is a free square of the week. Uh, We're always looking for an underdog under 8,000 that can come through for us. Not only that, we have an underdog, uh, well, priced as an underdog, Rafael Dos Anjos at 7,300 in a five-round bout. And I just think that's extremely interesting because that's fantasy points galore right there. And this is a guy who's had a full training camp. Uh, Hanato Moicano coming off a relatively quick win. Uh, and he looked pretty good. Uh, he looked okay. I, I don't think that uh, he represents a stylistic 
nightmare for Rafael Dos Anjos, where in some other fights, Hanato Moicano can really navigate and cause problems for, for certain people. Um, he can get takedowns, which has always been like uh, Rafael Dos Anjos is like kryptonite, is getting controlled and out-wrestled. But I don't view Hanato Moicano as like an American wrestler. And, and you know, he, he's, a, he's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner who has good submission ability. But guess what? Rafael Dos Anjos does as well. And Rafael Dos Anjos is accustomed to fighting at 155 pounds and north of that at 170 pounds. So this is my free square of the week. And it's not even really my free square. It's everybody's free square. Uh, 7,300 Rafael Dos Anjos. I just think that he's the A side here. I can see him getting rid of Hanato Moicano. I'd be pretty surprised if Moicano lasts five rounds. I just think that the durability isn't really there for Moicano. The cardio is not there. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I just think that Moicano be be dangerous early and you know, Rafael Dos Anjos will have answers for it. So 7,300, I'm not going to get too cute. He's going to be my guy probably in, might even be all my lineups, to be honest. I, I just feel pretty confident he's going to get the job done. Yeah, I mean, so you're talking about Hanato Mikano takes this fight on Monday, gets on a plane on Tuesday from Brazil. So he's not even been an American top team. You know, so he's uh, his management came out and said he's weighing 180 pounds. So he's going to have to cut 20 pounds uh, from Tuesday to Friday morning there in Las Vegas. Something to pay attention to there. There's another fighter on this card that came out, talked about how much weight he's got to cut, which is even more. And what Nato McConnell is going to have to cut. We'll talk about that fire here in, in a little bit. But look, I'm with you. If you tell me this fight hits the fourth, fifth round, yeah, to me, it's RDA all the way in this one. And this is potentially, I mean, like, you know, you could go with a game theory of, okay, I want to be less on the field in this fight. But if you tell me this fight hits the fourth, fifth round, Pete, I, I don't know how RDA is not potentially the smash spot of this slate. Yeah, 100%. And let's kind of like put this into perspective, right? We always talk about getting different from the field and trying to uh, get different would be avoiding this fight because both fighters are priced in the 7,000s of a five-round fight. Now, um, say, you know, RDA comes in 65% owned or something like that, or call it 70% owned. That means that, you know, 30% of the field went elsewhere. I feel like to even be a little bit more aggressive than that, like, that means that 30% of people's lineups may not have the 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 most no-brainer spot on the entire slate. You know what I mean? So it's like it's okay to get different, but it's you know, don't get too cute at the same time. I don't know how you avoid RDA and cash. Yeah, I know in cash it's a it's a no-brainer. Like, like to me, and look, as much as I like Colby Covington to win the main event, a core for me will be Mazadal and Dos Anjos in cash. At that point, I can just go game by one. Right, exactly. You know, so that's something you always got to think about here. Of course, uh, if you're not an Awesomeo Plus member, you got to take advantage of everything we have over awesomeo.com. Sign up for a Awesomeo Plus weekly pass. Get that for $29.95. Gives you access to everything we have over at awesomeo.com. Ownership projections, player projections, so much more. Of course, if you just want an MMA weekly pass, those start as low as $2.95 or take advantage of that monthly pass we have over there for also plus MMA. Add Fancy Cruncher to your account. That is going to help you out so much. A lot of times, even when I'm hand-building lineups, I'm just seeing what Cruncher is going to give me. So it kind of gives me an idea when I'm hand-building because for my cash lineups, I'm hand-building all of my cash lineups. So be sure to check out that. Stop guessing. Start winning. Join Awesomeo Plus today let's move on to the next matchup Edson Barboza taking on Bryce Mitchell 7900 for Edson Barboza 8300 for Bryce Mitchell I mean Pete this is classic MMA style match we got the striker we got we got the grappler and, and for me break this one down is not difficult at all Pete like if Bryce Mitchell he has got to be pushing the pace and in Edson Barboza's face the entire fight trying to get this fight to the ground stay out of kicking range if he stays in kicking range I think Bryce Mitchell's in trouble yeah, so this is a classic grappler against striker, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, Bryce Mitchell has to be on his P's and Q's, and it's like he needs to just close the gap immediately. If you start dancing around, that's when Barboza can get into his rhythm. He can start leg kicking you like crazy, dropping those tremendous leg kicks, can brutalize anybody's lead leg, which will take away from the burst and explosiveness required for for some takedowns. Now, uh, I just see Bryce Mitchell's last performance as like a, a career breakthrough for him because – you know, there's always been questions about Bryce Mitchell's ability to take the fight to the mat against some some talented fighters. But uh, Andre Feely's no slouch, man. Like, really. Andre Feely is is a pretty, really, you know, he's a talented striker, but also has some sneaky wrestling and comes from a strong camp. And 
when I saw what, you know, Bryce Mitchell was able to do to him and, and, you know, land seven takedowns, I mean, seven of 13 and have over 10 minutes of control time, that's exceptional against a guy who does have a wrestling background. Now you have, you know, Edson Barboza as a guy that historically struggles against the same exact blueprint that Bryce Mitchell is. And yeah, throughout his career, he's faced 20 Bryce Mitchells. But how many of those, you know, Bryce Mitchells has he had success against? And some of it's against, you know, you know, top top end competition. But sometimes styles make fights. And I'll tell you what, Bryce Mitchell is a nightmare of a matchup for Edson Barboza the second he closes the gap because he's heavy on top. Um, he has a sneaky submission game, so it's not like he's just going to wet blanket people. Um, and uh, I think that he could even incorporate some some ground and pound or just some repetitive takedowns. Barboza works his way back up because he's talented and has, you know, 32 professional fights and he just gets taken right back down. Um, I hate to be against Edson Barboza, but he's a, a liability in the cardio department as well. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame people for, for looking at him and saying, man, if this stays on the feet at 7,900, you're talking about one of the best underdogs on the slate. And I would agree but from what I've seen historically, I, I have to back Bryce Mitchell, honestly, at 8,300. I think that he's priced appropriately. I thought that he was going to come in a little bit you know, uh, higher on the salary department. But uh, Bryce Mitchell, 8,300, might be – I'll have to pay attention to ownership, and obviously I want to see how these weigh-ins go. But I think that there's tremendous upside at his price point given the takedown and control time. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing the, – the question I have with Bryce Mitchell is – this is a, a a notable step up in competition from what he's faced in the UFC, starting all with Tyler Diamond, then it's Bobby Moffitt, Matt Sales, Charles Rosa, Andre Feely. You know, to me, it's at and ultimately the question is is like if he sits back and does does not push the pace, that's to me where I think he's going to get in trouble here. Uh, this is one of those fights, and, and I think we can talk about this for so many fights in this car where it's like, man, I want to get to both sides of it because you see the path for both sides of how they will be optimal. I mean, the only question you have is if this is an Edson Barboza win, can Bryce Mitchell survive for 15 minutes? And maybe there's just not enough points scored by Barboza if he doesn't score knockdowns. Yeah. I mean, we got Josh, Matt, Dave, uh, everybody in, in chat saying about, you know, how Bryce Mitchell's striking's awful. And it is. Uh, but a lot of times you don't really need much because, your opponent's going to be respecting the takedown threat so much. And Bryce Mitchell's, you know, striking is completely elementary. Um, I just think from everything that I've seen, he needs to close the gap immediately and he needs to do it quick and just not allow Barboza to get into a rhythm because if Barboza does survive, as you mentioned, does not get a stoppage, does he really even come through? Um, Probably not. I think that it's for, for DFS at 8,300. I like Bryce Mitchell. Uh, I, I I really do. He needs to really work his his striking craft and just improve upon that. But uh, I think that the kid's young and he's getting better. And we've seen Barbosa struggle in this situation. So it's Bryce Mitchell for me at 8,300. I will say this. I watched episode one and two of Embedded. I was pretty surprised to see how much they profiled Bryce Mitchell, especially after his interview with Errol Hawani two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I was surprised as well. It seems like they're they're trying to sell a different version of Bryce Mitchell. Let's just say, whereas yeah, it's like he's an idiot, but uh, he he's he's marketable in a certain aspect. Like I, I thought the embeddeds were were cool. He's a he's an interesting character. He he, you know, he's like Tyler. You know, like he he's he's chilling. He's he's enjoying the the country life or or just like the off the grid life a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that. And. Uh, he just the, the interview is just a poor a poor take on his end and hopefully he learns from it. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung more wow than ever. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. 
Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the way, uh, Dave brings up your chair. Have we fixed the chair yet or what? No, no fixing of the chair. We got to bank first. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> ho- hopefully I'll bank this weekend and then I'll get myself a new chair. I don't even know if I need to get a new chair, but with everybody constantly bringing it up, I feel like I might have to. Yeah, maybe, maybe just yeah. You know, I mean, got all that big Connecticut money. You know, I, I know you're just you know hanging on the, those uh you know with sports betting being legal up there. I, I get you, I get you. Yeah. Uh, but, but let's move on to the next matchup, welterweight matchup: Kevin Holland versus Alex Oliveira. Ninety one hundred for Kevin Holland, seventy one hundred for Cowboy Oliveira. This is one of those fights. Like God, like I just feel like this has got optimal written all over it. For sure, I'm glad you mentioned it, and. I think naturally everybody's going to to lean towards Kevin Holland and rightfully so. I, I like Kevin Holland, right? Coming from a higher weight class, um, you know, formerly being a middleweight, bouncing around throughout his career, and now coming down the welterweight, where I think he might have a little bit more success going up against a guy in Alex Oliveira who's battle tested and has been in in numerous wars throughout his career. Um, Alex Oliveira takes tons of shots and uh, gets hit a lot on the feet. Uh, pushes the pace for as long as he can and then has like a cardio collapse throughout his fights and we've seen him quit multiple multiple times i mean you, you can look at the rainy brown fight uh not even a fully sunken rear naked choke uh you no know, one arm it, it still can it still can work but you know at that level usually you want to see people you know display a little better fight uh within a situation like that and uh i think this could be a situation where kevin holland kind of gets back on the winning side of things i mean he's he's had a rough patch in his career uh lost to Derek brunson lost to marvin vittori and obviously we know how that fight with kyle Dalkus, uh how that ended up playing out but i do think that kevin holland is you know really working on what he needs to work on and his take down the fence to really just uh let his striking you know just dictate how the fight's going to go and I think this is a sneaky spot for either one of these guys to be honest because everybody in the world's probably going to be on kevin holland and not too many people are going to want to take shots at Alex Oliveira. And I'm still siding with Kevin Holland. I think that he should be able to put away Alex uh, Cowboy Oliveira, whether it's via strikes or submission, uh, kind of like a club and sub type of situation. Um, but there is upside just given Kevin Holland's knack for, for not defending takedowns throughout history. And I mean, you can even go back and think about the Darren Stewart fight where a lot of people didn't even think that Kevin Holland won that fight. And Cowboy Oliveira kind of possesses a, a, a more skilled Darren Stewart type of stylistic clash. So uh, th- this, this might be a GPP group for me, to be honest. But I'm siding with Kevin Holland. He should be able to get the job done if he's who we think he is. Five-inch reach advance for Kevin Holland is also mm-hmm. something to, to note there, what he has in this one. And you know, it, this does kind of feel like a, a spot the UFC is trying to put Kevin Holland in. Um, you know, while, while at the... The relationship with Kevin Holland, the UFC man, and I've gone to the best, best to start as, of course, Dana White and totally calling him Big Mouth uh, is definitely a guy that they do love. Now, I mentioned about a fighter that has to drop a ton of weight this week, and he's the one to put it out there. Greg Hardy, 7,500 take on Sergey Spivak, 8,700. He's got to drop 30 pounds this week to make weight. So, I mean, 30, 30 pounds is 30 pounds, but 30 pounds for a heavyweight is not like 30 pounds for a lightweight. Um, it's still a tremendous amount of weight for somebody to cut within, you know, eight weeks time. It really is. Um, I'd say that the 20 to 15 pounds is, is mostly what most fighters are cutting within the past week and a half of, of a fight camp. And, uh, it just goes to show you maybe, maybe Greg Hardy just doesn't put the work in as he should. I mean, he isn't, he is an athlete and, uh, a pretty talented athlete. The fact that he's green in this sport. He found early success, and now he's starting to get exposed in certain matchups. And uh, I'm interested in this fight just because I do think that there is some volatility on both sides. Spivak has has shown that he can get taken out of there by getting hit with a big shot. But his go-to is his exceptional grappling for the division. And I don't think that he's all that bad. Like, I think people kind of overreact a little bit when somebody gets knocked out, especially against a prospect, Tom Aspinall. Um, obviously the debut loss to, to Walt Harris is something that people can kind of, you know, poke fun at nowadays, but at the, at the time, Walt Harris is, uh, he's a dangerous finisher and Greg Hardy's a guy that definitely should be a part of your, your underdog pool at 7,500, just given the fact that 
he has had success in some of his losses too. Like the Tuivasa fight, the Marcin Tybura fight was having success until he wasn't. And that's the issue with him. Uh, cardio liability for sure. Spivak has an exceptional grappling edge over him here. He just needs to avoid the big shot and possibly, you know, with, with the work at extreme couture and, and getting some rounds in and some working with Francis and and all those other fantastic fighters at, at extreme couture for this camp. It, it might be the way to go. And I think that this could be a situation where he could be getting overlooked just because we're dying to find some underdogs on the slate that could come through. So I'm still picking Spivak. I think he's the better fighter, but like we always say, the better fighter doesn't always win Jason. Yeah. I mean, this is great. Like you said, Greg Hardy's got to be uh, in, in your underdog pool here. It is a final UFC fight on his contract for Greg Hardy. You know, he's kind of t- talked about maybe going to boxing. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but if I think if you're Sergey Spivak, it's it's about limiting, you know, the, the chance in this fight. That's why I think you maybe see Sergey Spivak attempt to get this fight to the ground to really test that the ground game of Greg Hardy. But man, it's he, Greg Hardy's got lighting in those hands, man. If he catches you and, and we've seen it happen, you know, even in fights, he's lost. You, you think about the two of Vasa fight he caught two of Vasa early on in that fight mm-hmm. two of us just one tough dude who, who could take that punishment for sure and and like Scott Mariani in chat and it's a great point saying that you know Greg Hardy is a defensive end he should be good at tackling ground fighting and that's where certain coaches would probably mold him into being a, a top heavy guy where utilizing that great top pressure in in route to to vicious ground and pound it's just sometimes fighters are stubborn and they fall in love with their hands. They start knocking people out and they forget like where they could have some physical advantages. And uh, that's where if a, a, a talented football player came to me and, uh, you know, w- wanted to start working on stuff, like I'd be like, all right, man, on top position, you'd actually be pretty dangerous. So let's work that. But Greg Hardy has fallen in love with his hands. Definitely can knock speed back out. It's a fight that I will have plenty of exposure to, but I have to lean with the better mixed martial artist and uh, Sergey Spivak. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. Move on to the next matchup. We got a matchup between Jalen Turner and Jamie Malarkey. Jalen Turner, A200, 8,000 for Jamie Malarkey. Pete, what's your take? I like this fight just from a uh, a fan perspective because I'm actually a fan of both, and I've cashed from both of these guys where they have been uh, overlooked and underestimated throughout their UFC career. And uh, I, I do think the guy and Jalen Turner are you know, a, a fighter that I've heard a lot of great things. Michael Bisping especially has talked about him and Luke Rockhold even saying uh, how he was a tremendous partner for help helping them prepare for certain fights and, and tall, long strikers. So Jalen Turner, for me, just looks like a, a mammoth for this division at 8,200. Now, a, a, a tricky situation is where if his opponents are able to get on the inside and take him to take down City, um, you kind of neutralize that that dangerous offense of Jalen Turner of good striking and you know even some sneaky submissions. I, I think that this is going to be a dog fight. And this is one where the pricing is absolutely appropriate. It's essentially a pick them eighty two hundred, eight thousand. I'm going to lean with uh, with Jalen Turner, but what what we've seen from Malarkey is that his aggressiveness is exceptional. His takedowns are sneaky. And he has very, very good defensive striking where he can move his head. His hands are in the correct place. And uh, this looks like a guy who is starting to come into his own early, you know, throughout his career. He has suffered some finishes and some some defeats, but so has Jalen Turner. They're both pretty battle tested. And it just goes to show you how deep the divisions are within the UFC. This is a very, very close fight, but I'm going to lean towards Jalen Turner. I want to see how both of these guys take some shots. This could be a, a live betting situation, but it's a slight lean to Jalen Turner and just sit back and enjoy this fight. It's going to be an excellent one. You talk about who could potentially go the takedown city route. Jamie Malarkey to me is that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It makes, it makes sense. It's just like, we've seen it happen to Jalen Turner and he knows that he needs to work on it. And from everything I've seen on social media, he has been, it doesn't mean that the hole is patched yet. You know, it's like a work in progress. So totally viable. Jamie Malarkey, 8,000 pound for pound, strong value. Of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. You got to check out over there at prizepicks.com and get one free month of also plus platinum when you sign up. 
deposit and play over at prize picks. Of course, be sure to use that promo code OSPO as they got an instant first match deposit of up to $100. Of course, whether you're playing MMA or other sports out there, like say you're going to place an NBA over there, be sure to use our props to help you decide which ones that you want to play. And of course, uh, when you do sign up and get that one free month of also plus platinum, you will get receive an email within 24 to 48 hours to redeem your free month of also plus platinum and Pete, there was uh, fight times that really stuck out to me. All right. RDA, 22 and a half. Give me the under. Yeah, that's an under. I might. Oh, man. That's a that's a big under. Like, hit that as soon as this show's over. Hit it right now. You can just yeah. go play over there right now and hit that one. Also, I like the under of Sergey Spivak, seven and a half minutes. That's a weird one. Uh, that's I'd much rather hop for Dos Anjos, but I understand just the volatility of that heavyweight matchup. The takedown side of the equation, Colby Covington, four and a half takedowns. Well, depending on under. Hold on, you're saying under? You don't think he's? I think Colby. I think early on this fight, Colby will will a lot of fainting with takedowns. I think he's going to try to keep it on the feet. Takedowns come later on the fight. Look, if you go over, he's got to get five takedowns. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I like the under. Okay. Now, if it, was a, if it was three and a half, then that number becomes a little more interesting. Yeah, my three and a half, I think it's just completely smash. Takedowns on RDA is one. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. I'm telling you what, I'm just saying, I you got to play prize picks on Thursday. Get these locked in when you can, because I'm going to tell you this right now. If you wait till Saturday, that RDA fight time at 22 Ooh. and a half ain't going to be there. It's Tyler, not going to be there. I agree with you. And Tyler brought up a good point. Bryce Mitchell, two and a half takedowns. That's over. That's over. I'm saying over on that. If he, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would agree with you on that one too. Uh, there, there's a lot of juicy prop bets over there at Prize Picks. You got to check that out. You can see it there right on the screen. Uh, and be sure to use that promo code OSMO, instant first match positive up to $100. Of course, we appreciate them being a sponsor here of the also MMA strategy show. Of course, uh, myself and Pete will be here on Saturday for live before lock 4 p.m. Eastern time to get you ready for UFC 272 lead into NBA deeper dive. Let's move up next song. Probably one of the fights that I'm probably the most interested to see how it plays out. I do think this is going to be a striking matchup between Marina Rodriguez and Jan Janan. 9,300 for Marina Rodriguez, 6,900 for Jan Janan. Man, it's, it's a, I like Marina Rodriguez to win the fight, Pete. I just don't know if she can be optimal at that price point. Yeah, so I agree with you. 9,300, uh, you would you'd like to think that she needs a finish. And I don't think that Yan Nan is a bad fighter by any means. Uh, recency bias may make her seem like she's a poor fighter because she got TKO'd in the second round to Carla Esparza. But that was more of a situational mistake where, you know, just th- this fight's going to be a stand-up fight. She's not going to really have to worry about getting put on her back, crucifixed, elbowed into oblivion or anything of that sort. So... I think even from a cash perspective, right? So for Jason, for even like somebody, something for for you, if you really don't think that Jorge Masvidal is going to score, let's call it 40 or more points in a loss, you could be looking at a fighter in Yan Janan in a, in a high volume mm-hmm. striking affair with tons of significant strikes and total strikes that at 6,900, you just have to find a little bit more money. She could actually come through and be a lot of people's darling because I do foresee this going 15 minutes. I foresee Marina Rodriguez having the power advantage in this situation. 
Jan will probably have the speed advantage, and she's put together some excellent combinations. But if you really look at it, Marina Rodriguez has fought a little stiffer competition where Jan Janan has fought, you know, Carolina Kovalevich, Claudia Gadelia, two fighters that really aren't, you know, a part of the sport as strong as they used to be. The Angela Hill one makes sense. The, the condo. I mean, I can kind of poke holes in some situations and some of their, their fights, but uh, I do favor Marina Rodriguez. I thought that what she did in the uh, Mackenzie Dern, the Michelle Watterson, the Amanda Hebos fight, like she's, she's showing some improvements and she's looking like a very dangerous fighter. As long as the fight stays on the feet, uh, her Achilles heel is getting taken down. And uh, I don't really foresee Yan Janan exploiting something like that. This could be a close fight just where the 9,300 Marina Rodriguez doesn't necessarily, you know, make it into the optimal lineup, just given, you know, how, how the, the lack of a finish and some other finishes, you know, going into that optimal lineup. And look, if you do think Maria Rodriguez can get the finish, it could be that high-end leverage play of the week. Something to think about. By the way, you mentioned about maybe maybe you put a Jan Janan instead of Jorge Masvidal in that cash lineup. And let's just mm. say you start off, your core is Jan Janan, RDA. That means your average remaining per player for your final four spots, 89.50. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So, And I, I do think that there's probably, if you're going just from the odds, and uh, just how in women's MMA, some fights are a lot closer than how they usually are. Jan Janan probably gives you a little bit more upside than Jorge Masvidal in a loss. So uh, I'm excited regardless. And I think that I'll have some exposure to Jan Janan because I feel like I did not anticipate this salary and this there to be such a, a wide gap between the two. I, I, I thought Rodriguez would be favored. But to this point, it just seems like it's like a man, a little too rich. Next up, we got a light heavyweight matchup. Kenny Njeku, 8,400, taking on Nikolai, who is 7,800. And, I mean, look, when you look at Kenny, I mean, the first thing you, you you think about, even before you think about how he fights, is just this massive reach that he has at, at 205 pounds, 83 inches. He's got a five-inch reach advantage in this one. But, yeah, but like, man, I'm down on this guy. I'm down on this guy. Like, I, when he came in the UFC, Pete, I just, I was like, man, this guy, he's Got the body frame, trains at a good gym at Fortis MMA, but ah, God, he scares me. What happens a lot, and it happens when I'm looking at tape a lot, it's like, what do the matchmakers see in this guy that I'm not really seeing in fight film? And then I start realizing that it's it's probably, you know, they're they're associated with a strong camp. And it's a guy that, you know, may just be a, a talented striking or, or training partner for some people. And, you know, you're just not really seeing the, the skills translate into the cage. And uh, I think that Kenny and Jekyll can give problems to multiple people, right? He's 6'5", 83 inch reach. Uh, Nicolay Nego Mariano is six feet tall, 78 inch reach. So uh, just the way that Kennedy strikes long striker, um, he can div- give a ton of people problems based on his frame alone. But I am worried about him coming off of a knockout defeat um, to Jung. And uh, I, I think that a guy in uh, Nego Mariano is a guy that's somewhat catching us by surprise. Because whenever you lose a fight to Safarov, when you're controlled or taken down, people are going to automatically be, be against you and be low on you going forward. But I, I view this where, uh, you know, we haven't really talked about too many underdogs that are just straight up underdogs that I feel decently confident in and Nego Mariano hits pretty hard. You saw that in his previous fight against Ike Villanueva and he does have some takedown upside as well. I don't think that Alexa Kamer is a terrible fighter by any means and was brought into the UFC to actually be like a young guy to, to develop within the division and Nego Mariano squeak out that, at that decision and scored 78 fantasy points. So I think that Nego Mariano is a side that I'd rather get to than uh, Kenny and Jack just given how, Kennedy's last fight went and uh, 7,800. I'll, I'll be going with uh, Nego Mariano. Yeah, this is one of those ones that you, you talk about the underdog pool. Nikolai's got to be in the underdog pool for you. Let's move on to the next matchup. And you want to talk about two ladies who, man, I feel like they might have a fight in the cage. They might also have a fight in the street. <laughs> That's Marina Morosa and Maria Agapova. Look, if you're not aware of the backstory, just Google. Maria Moroz, Maria Agapova, and you're going to see some of the things that Maria Moroz has said in this one. Uh, you know, the thing about Agapova is I can't get that Dobson loss out of my head. Yep. That, I, look, you know, loss, bro. 
there's there's going to be fires that always that will will always mention that bad loss had and on their record, and that's going to be the one where she just I mean the gas tank just wasn't there. Like she's definitely Shane Dobson, but it, that's a fight I can't erase from my memory. Yeah, I mean it's you're not defined by your losses, but some losses um, age well, and some losses just look horrible in hindsight. And Agapova going into that fight, a you know, I think she was a 10 to 1 favorite or something silly. Uh, I, I've just it's crazy to see because uh, you know, Agapova, everybody was low on her, and I feel like I was as well. I, I did not expect the the performance against Sabina Maza. I don't think I did. Um, and she she came back and, and bounced back from that embarrassing defeat to Dobson and scored a, a third round submission win, scoring 94 points and price at 8800 in a close fight with uh, a hole in her game, and that's her takedown the fence. And this should be relatively even on the feet. And Marina Moroz is pretty sharp in the boxing department. And uh, just of late, she's been targeting takedowns a little bit more. If you look at her box scores, uh, she landed two takedowns against Bueno Silva, one against Sabina Mazo, but she's attempting a lot more. And that could be the difference maker here because I don't think that Agapova is the more well-rounded fighter. I think that Agapova might be the more aggressive fighter. So depending on how this fight unfolds, um, I, I foresee this being competitive and close. And I actually think that I'm going to be siding with the underdog here, Marina Morose. I thought that the, the salaries would be a little bit closer. 8,800 to 7,400 just seems a little too wide. I think there's value to be had on the Morose side, but uh, question marks surrounding both of them. I mean, Morose could easily lose a decision here. I think that, uh, you know, Agapova is going to want to keep this fight on the feet, obviously. But uh, I, I think that Moreau's mixing it up a little bit better and being a part of, you know, the true American top team could be the difference maker here at 7,400. So I'm going to back her. And, of course, they were former training partners there. At ATT, you mentioned about that fight against Dobson. She opened up as a 7-1 to one favorite, and she, was, and she closed as high as a 16-1 to one favorite. Yeah, exactly. It was ridiculous. I remember I lost money on that, and I think the whole world did. Um, yeah, yeah, the whole world did. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm not. This is not a situation where I'll uncheck either fighter. Like I'm going to have exposure to Acapulco. I'm going to have exposure to Marina Moroz. It's women's MMA. It's volatile. And then when you start to bring in all the emotions, that's when mistakes can happen. And that's what I'm worried about in the main event as well. When you bring emotions into the table and into the fight, that's where mistakes can happen, and you can, you know, get away from the game plan. And that's where you need to have exposure on both sides. So I'd much rather be more confident in some other picks and kind of be a little split on this one. Sam, I appreciate you in the super chat. There, we'll get to your question at the end of the show. You know, I mentioned about that cash core for me. Maybe, maybe it's you know Jorge slash Janjanan pair with Rafael Dos Anjos. When doing that, that's going to allow you to get to Nurmaga Madoff. Umar Nurmaga Madoff taking on Brian Keller here. A massive betting favor in this one, a six and a half to one betting favor. He is 9,600 over on DraftKings, 6,600 for Brian Kelleher. You know, man, it, this is a tough spot for Brian Kelleher. Yes, it is. I love Umar Namaga Madoff. I absolutely love him. I love his striking. And the reason I love his striking is because he has extreme dexterity in his legs. He whips the kicks up with such ease. And a lot of people don't understand how hard it is to kick like that. Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In addition to the exceptional striking, he's well-rounded. Like, he has great takedowns. He has solid submission skills. So at 9,600, yeah, you're, you're paying top dollar, but 
with how many fights are on the table and how many underdogs can possibly come through on a week like this, because I think the dogs are barking and I think that there could be multiple underdogs making it into the optimal lineup. So, uh, I'm going to take a firm stance on Nurmaga Madoff. It's just a matter of does he pay off the price tag in, you know, in relation to the rest of the slate. That's something that, you know, you have to be a little bullish on certain fighters and saying, all right, well, do you want a safe win or do you want just to really only target upside? And I think that Umar Nurmaga Madoff is, is a safe win, but yeah. this is a step up in competition. If we're being honest, Brian Kelleher is uh, an extremely talented fighter, has power in both of his hands, has solid wrestling. I just think that Umar is going to make him look like he doesn't belong in the cage with him. And if that happens, an early first round or second round finish is completely possible or 15-minute domination. So give me Nurmaga Madoff. I, I want to see what the ownership is, Jason, because I'll tell you what. If, say, he comes in 40% owned, that means 60% of the field is avoiding one of the biggest and most talented fighters on this entire card. So I'm probably going to be much more aggressive than the field. Yeah, I, I totally understand where you're going there. And uh, Umar will be uh, someone that I'm definitely trying to get to. Uh, and, and look, as I always say, is you got to look at those ownership projections that will be kind of help your lineups there. Of course, of course, after the fights are over, one thing that Pete and I love to see is those winning screenshots. We want to see you get into the Awesome Hall of Fame this week. Of course, uh, all you got to do is you rock that awesome avatar on your DFS profile when you place it in the top three of the contest with over 5,000 contestants. Sweet your wins to at Awesome HOF. You'll win a free month of Awesome Plus Platinum. And of course, you can check out some of the most winning lines we've had recently here. Smoke Jones taking down first place over there in an NBA contest, taking down $1,000. Scott also taking down first place there. He winning $300 in the NBA contest over there. Also, you had uh, T.O. taking down first place NBA win over $13,000. Kudos to you there, what you were able to do there. Also, Terry taking down first place in an NBA contest, winning $5,000. Also, a second place winner there, uh, taking down $250. Nadu, uh, appreciate, appreciate see, seeing all those screenshots there. We want to see some UFC screenshots here when uh, we get after UFC 272 is in the books. Of course, uh, be sure to be rock that also avatar. If you don't have that also avatar, just go to awesome.com slash avatar. You can download that avatar today. And uh, yeah, it's always one of those things when I'm, I'm in these cash lamps, I always look, see how many awesome avatars are in here. Let me see who I'm going up against. Uh, so that's definitely something to check out here. Three more fights to break down before we get out of here for the NHL strategy show. Uh, we got uh, Tim Elliott versus Tiger. Tiger 9,7200 for Tim Elliott. Tim Elliott, wild man. I mean, wild man, but man. You scare if you roster Tim Elliott, you're scared this fight hits the third round because you just don't know if he's going to have that tank there in the third round. Yeah, and and I do think that there is value on Tim Elliott's side just because Tagir Ulanbekov is. I don't think that he's the most talented. I think that he has some upside, but I think it's relatively capped. Uh, I think that he's strong in the clinch department and steps around his opponent's legs nice and and gets a lot of upper body trips and 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 throws. Um, a guy in Tim Elliott is just so wiry and awkward. Uh, given his nickname and just how he fights in general, that he could be a nightmare for a lot of fighters. And it's tough to get into a rhythm when a guy is just so sporadic and like a little Tasmanian devil. And that's what you're dealing with with Tim, Tim Elliott. So there's value to be had here at 7,200 and Tim Elliott. I cannot sit there and back him necessarily from like a straight up situation uh, just because I think that Tim's best days are, are behind him. I understand that he's working extensively with, uh, you know, James Krause, Gloria MMA and all that. And, he has seemed to to settle down a little bit in his past three fights, I would say, and Ryan Benoit, uh, Jordan Espinoza, and Mateusz Nikolaou, um, three fights that he didn't get finished in. And, you know, early on throughout his career and throughout his career, he's he's shown, you know, to wilt under the pressure at times, especially in the submission, the, you know, defense part uh, the department. And uh, to hear Ulanbekov could capitalize on a situation like that. He was pretty close to submitting Nascimento in the first round, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure Nascimento took that on relatively short notice. Um, but regardless, Ulan Bekov is a guy that his inactivity could lead to him losing some fights. And Tim Elliott's all about activity and all about volume. And just, you know, sometimes volume wins out and, uh, you know, the perfect shots don't always land for the other for the other fighter. And uh, this is a fight where I'll, I'll probably get to a ton of Tim Elliott. Um I, sh I should I should uh, take those words back. Not not a ton, a decent amount of Tim Elliott. 
because I do think that to get Ulan Bekov, while he should win, he's going to lose within the, within the UFC just because of being a little too lackadaisical at times. Next up, we got a matchup that came together here. Short nose, Devontae Smith taking on uh, Klein, Klein 7,700, 8,500 for Devontae Smith. Uh, I will tell you, because I was just going to look over prize picks. Yeah, uh, the fight time on Devontae Smith is eight and a half. That's another underplay, by the way. Yeah, that's an under for me. I mean, this is a fight to me, Jason, where I'm like, it's kind of a head scratcher, right? Because Devontae Smith was like largely considered a, a prospect within the sport because he's just an exceptional striker and finisher and he's aggressive and comes from a very, very strong camp. And, you know, you have uh, Ladovic Klein breaking into the UFC in spectacular face, uh, fashion with that amazing head kick and combination flurry against uh, Shane Young. And then to lose back-to-back fights against Trezano and Landwehr, uh, both of these guys, um, I, I just want to see how they rebound, right? Like, because Devontae Smith was just knocked out against Jamie Malarkey. And I think that's less about Devontae Smith and more about how good Jamie Malarkey is. He's pretty sneaky for the division. I'm going to be a little cautious with this one. This is a, a fantasy cruncher, make a group type of situation where I might add this fight to a, a GPP you know, group and say that I want to get to at least one of these guys because they're both, you know, finishers and, and Klein's an exceptional striker, but I worry about him gassing out. I worry about Devontae Smith gassing out. Uh, Klein, all of a sudden, starting to wrestle a little bit more. Um, I, I really want to favor Devontae Smith just for, you know, the consistency at 155 pounds where Ladova Klein, you know, bumping up a weight class and trying to get back to 155 pounds where he kind of had some regional success, you know, inconsistent success, I should say, like predominantly a 45er, but has fought at 55 in the past. Uh, Devontae Smith, 8,500. I'm just going to hope that he rebounds here. And uh, man, what a tricky fight. I think this might be the trickiest fight on the card. It's it's, it's tough to kind of gauge. First fight's also, I think, in that same book of, yeah. of Dustin Jacoby and Mihal Olaszczyk. 8,600 for Jacoby, 7,600 for Olaszczyk. Uh, leg kicks could be ultimately the key to victory here for Dustin Jacoby. Uh, but the one thing he said to me when I talked to him about two weeks ago, uh, actually it was a little longer than that, he said, he said, the one thing I have to be concerned about is the power that Olaszczyk has in his hands. 100%. And Olaszczyk's going to be a, an underdog. I'm going to get some exposure to just because Jacoby's been rocked and dropped numerous times despite his extreme kickboxing acumen. And uh, he's the more skilled fighter in this situation. He has uh, more varied attacks, but sometimes aggressiveness wins out. So 7,600 for Ola Shechuk. I'm going to get more or or even with the field just because he does have some high finish upside and he hits like a truck. Of course, uh, yeah, it's God, it scares the hell. That fight scares the hell out of me if we go there. Let's give our uh, straight up DFS picks here. Main event, Colby Covington. DFS or non-DFS? Straight up, straight up. Mm, I'll go Covington. I hate it. I want Masvidal so bad. Not DFS. I'm saying See, Ma- I hope Masvidal okay. wins. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 your, your heart wants Masvidal. 100%. So brain, my heart brain. is Masvidal. My brain is Covington. But uh, yeah. I think it's closer than what people are expecting. Uh, I'll go RDA in the co-main event. RDA. I'll go Mitchell over Barboza. Mitchell. Give me Kevin Holland. Holland. Uh, Spivak. Spivak. Turner. Turner. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Uh, Nikolai. Yep. Nigga Mariano. Agapova. Moroz. Umar. Umar. Tagir. Tagir. I hate that too. I know. Devante. Devante. Jacoby. Mikel. I might, I might also be. I, I, have no, I, I, love, I have a good relationship with Dustin. So I, I love Dustin as well. I just yeah, worry I about. I worry about him. Yeah, uh, let's get to uh, Sam's uh, here. And then, of course, next is the NHL Strategy Show. Uh, top two cash uh, for me, uh, I will say for cash, it is RDA and Umar. RDA and Umar is no-brainer. I absolutely love that. G- top two GPPs. It's got to be Covington, even though I'm... I still say RDA, though, too. The price is just broken. The pro- yeah, it's it's broker. I mean, but it's once again, it's throughout this card, it's like, man, I can look at certain fires and say, man, I just think the ceiling is so high from Bryce Mitchell, one of those guys. But there's also a lot of volatility in that. Uh, underdogs slash champions for me, underdogs that I'm really uh, looking at. 
uh, Edson Barboza, if he can keep it on the feet, if he can keep it on the feet. Um, and uh, I think Jamie Malarkey is a sneaky underdog because of the takedown upside. I'll give you the Jamie one. I'm going to go uh, Nego Mariano and also uh, Marina Moroz. Favorite inside the distance. Uh, it's an easy pick for me. Speedback Harvey. Hardy. Okay. I, I think that. Oh, Namaga made off. Uh, in terms of uh, upsets and or fades, uh, a fight that um, in GPPs, I don't think I'll have a ton of, will be Jan Janan and Rodriguez because I think it goes 15 minutes. And uh, the the especially on the Rodriguez side, the lack of upside at 9,300. Fair, fair point. I would agree. Now, Maria Rodriguez could be a leverage play, though, if you think she can go out there and get a stoppage. 100%. And, uh, it goes to show you, man, sometimes that ownership is just the way to, to view some fights. Uh, and Sam sets the over number eight and a half. We got 13 fights. Uh, I don't think that's a bad number, but I will go under. Yeah, I agree. I'll say under. Pr- pretty solid line, though, Sam. Yeah, of course. Uh, we'll be back here on Saturday for the Live Four Lock, 4 p.m. each time. Coming up next is the NHL Strategy Show. These guys will get you ready for tonight's NHL slate. So that's going to do us. We will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Have a good day, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Es la venta para amigos y familiares de Macy's. Ahorra un 30% extra en ideas para regalos de diseñador que les encantarán. Y un 15% menos en belleza, cuidado de la piel y juegos de regalo de fragancias con tu cupón o tarjeta Macy's. Esto además de las increíbles ofertas como vestidos para las fiestas para ellas, 150 dólares y menos. Además, compra los mejores juguetes de la temporada. The Monster High, Discovery y más. 10 a 50% menos en Macy's. Ahorra sobre precios regulares en oferta y liquidación. Aplica excepciones.